2: In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today.
3: It's a story no one saw ending with joy,
2: Mm. right? A college
3: kid kid missing for over a month, no trace of him anywhere, and this family beside themselves with grief. Mm -hmm. Then, just before we went on our little break, amazing news. Kid was found, he was safe, he was healthy.
2: Holiday miracle.
3: Everything was good.
2: Yeah, the kid walked out of the woods. You got it. Well, it was good for
3: some folks. Yeah. For others, not so much. Because according to these people, this kid who folks were looking for needs to atone for what he did. Mm. Even though the kid didn't do anything.
2: And he's not technically a kid.
3: You're hanging out in the break room. Yeah, no, you're right. Rochester's Classic Rock, 96.5. WCMF will jump right into it. It's time for Hate Mail of the Week. And right before we went on our Mm. two-week break, exactly two weeks ago, we got some of the best news of 2023. Matthew Grant, the RIT wrestler missing since before Thanksgiving, was found. And for those who don't remember the story, he left his apartment one day, just took off. Mm. He left his phone behind, he left his wallet behind, and he disappeared. And anybody that has had family that has gone through uh, sure. you know that stuff, mm-hmm. you know that's not good when the no. phone and wallet are left behind. Right. The kid liked to hike, so folks were checking in the Adirondacks. There was a sighting of his car in Syracuse, so folks looked around there. But searches of all those areas, which his family was present at for all of, they produced nothing. Yeah. Then on December 12th, the story goes, someone spotted him on a trail in Pennsylvania. The next day, as people were searching for him, he walked into a police station. He asked to use the phone. He called his mom. Yeah. Said, I'm ready to come home. And then he was at home with his family in Michigan where he lives. We don't know why he left. We don't know what brought him to those trails of Pennsylvania. <gasps> and in all honesty, it's none of our business. Right. In fact, when we had this discussion the day the kid was found, the big question was what, if anything, he did wrong. Right. He left. He's a grown-ass man. Mm. Sure, his family can be upset, but outside of them, yeah. what are you upset about? Well, some people disagree. Yeah. In fact, one man wrote us a letter about it because not only does he want answers, yeah. he wants cold, hard cash,
2: buddy. What do you mean cash? For what?
3: Actual physical letters sent through the mail telling us we suck. Now, by the way, this was written by a man. Yes. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, But Kimmy had to read it for us this morning. So uh, enjoy your Kimmy Red (laughs) man-written hate mail of the week.
4: I turn on the radio this morning and I hear your asinine takes on how a month-long manhunt for a kid who walked out on everyone should just end here with no further questions or punishment. How can you say something like that? This is a grown man we're talking about, something you said yourself. How does he not know what he did would bring this response? He had people risking their safety all over the state of New York, looking for him out in the wilderness. There were, I'm sure, tens of thousands of dollars, minimum spent on planes and helicopters and technology looking for him. And you say he should just get to go home and not answer for any of it? That kid should be in jail. He should be charged with fraud and he should be forced to repay whatever our tax dollars spent trying to find him. It's not our job to play hide and seek with some millennial who is having a bad day. Hold him responsible as you would hold someone who kidnaps responsible and stop handling stories like this with kid gloves or we're going to see more of this crap. Sincerely, Mark.
3: All right, so Mark, first off, a couple things yeah, right off it. the bat. Uh, one, the kid wouldn't be a millennial. He'd be Gen Z. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Folks 25 and under, Gen Z. So note to all you older people listening, if you want to yell about kids now- <laughs> it's yeah, not
4: millennials anymore. Nope, you got to
3: yell about Gen <laughs> Z. Uh, second, real quick, I don't know how you would hold someone responsible for kidnapping themselves.
2: Yes, Yeah, that'd be really hard. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, Well,
3: because it can't even happen because you have to be kidnapped against your own will. Yeah, and you can always just let yourself go. Yeah, exactly. Well, if you negotiate with yourself the right way.
2: So, I don't remember. Was there like a big legitimate manhunt? I know they were looking for him, but I mean, they weren't like sending like, well, you know, like when they said, like a string of people going through the woods looking. mm -hmm. I don't remember any of that I
4: don't know. It's possible. I I mean, I know they
2: had it out there like as an alert.
4: I'm sure it still took some resources. I mean, they did investigate things when there were sightings. Yeah. Look, I
3: mean, to be honest, I'm naive to it. I have no idea.
4: And the kid's of age. He's not a he's not a minor. No,
3: no. He's a grown person. He's over 21, if I'm not mistaken.
2: Yeah, so he's an adult that took a walk.
3: You got it. And that's just it. The most important question we have to answer here, and I want everyone listening to really think about this. That? What did he do wrong? From a he, legal... he scared his parents. Okay. From a legal standpoint. Nothing. What you said, I get his family may be upset, mm-hmm. and they have that right. They're his family. But also, even in that way, when you find him alive after thinking he was dead... For a month. They had to. I mean, look, you had to start thinking that. Oh, yeah,
2: absolutely. The longer it goes, yeah.
3: Even those feelings, Tommy, could have disappeared, the feelings of anger. Mm -hmm. What legal thing did this kid do that would have gotten him in any trouble? Does he not have the freedom to go wherever he wants?
2: Yeah, he does. Right? And he didn't try to pull a move like, you know disappear because of some sketchy situation not as far as we know the kid just wanted to test himself it sounded like well i mean whatever it is like off the grid
3: look let's say the kid didn't want to be in college anymore let's say the kid didn't want to talk to folks he knows anymore let's say let's say he didn't want to live the life he was living anymore Mm -hmm. from a law standpoint what responsibility does he have to handle that before he goes because i'm having a hard time figuring out legally what he did wrong
2: there ain't there can't be anything
3: and if i'm being naive tell me 252 wcmf 2529263
4: I think you also run over cuz this guy wants, you know, punishment involved and money. And and if there was if there is somebody who goes through something like this uh, and they're struggling with something knowing you could face punishment mm-hmm. for doing that thing, why would that that I mean that would be that would not encourage anybody to you know, come forward and be like, oh, you know, I, I just, I had right. a moment that, you know, like yeah. that That could be dangerous for some people. Great point. Yeah. yeah, the
3: kid decides he wants to stay in the woods a little bit longer, or right. who knows, with a storm yeah. or whatever. Look, Because they're
4: afraid of consequences.
3: So this is, as like, insane as this letter is, we got from, was it Mark? Uh, yes, man-credit? Mark. Yeah. We got a bunch of Facebook messages, just like Mark's letter sure. after we talked about this. And what all of them failed to mention is why this kid should be held responsible for, in all reality, going on a trip. Right. Because wouldn't you like the ability to go and do whatever you want to do without the logging
2: involved? And you can.
3: Right? He didn't cross any international borders. No. He didn't marry anyone. He didn't buy a dog. Mm. Why would there need to be paperwork involved in any of this? None of it. What's his responsibility?
2: I mean, you could do this yourself. If you wanted to disappear, you're under no I mean you have children and stuff, but you could.
3: Yeah, no. That would no well, I mean, I am married, I would have a responsibility to my wife.
2: I don't think I don't think anything legally could be done. Are you sure? Mm-hmm.
4: Is there Aren't like no There have been thing? guys that
2: abandoned their families and what? moved on to other towns and took jobs, and I didn't see them like, well, but hanging nobody... out in Attica and bad dad wing.
4: <laughs> yeah, but if somebody wanted to press charges, could they What would the front charge be? Abandonment? Oh. Yeah, only, I don't know. I mean, mean you have, like... if you have kids. Could you Google
3: what it be? Well, yeah, because I wouldn't be paying yeah. child support if I just disappeared. That would be illegal. But so... you would
4: have to file for child
2: support. Wife... Like, like Let's say you're not legal to divorce yet. Okay. You're, your marriage is fine. You bolt. But you haven't filed any divorce papers. Okay. Nothing. That's
3: a good question. I don't
2: know. I'm under no legal obligation to pay your child support if I haven't filed for child support.
4: Yeah, it's more complicated, obviously, when there's kids. It seems like what you're going to get in trouble for.
3: Can you get Google the definition of a? Because I know abandonment is a charge. Child
4: abandonment yeah. laws. Yeah. Because uh, the mother's a still there, so the child's not completely abandoned.
2: There's just one parent missing. Are you arguing Since- for men running away from their families? <laughs> No, 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 no. Gals can run away, <laughs> yeah, too. Yeah, it's a
4: situations where a parent or guardian intentionally uh, abandons a child, uh, may rise to a felony, especially with an infant or young child.
3: Okay, but that's like the kid alone. Okay, none of this matters. <laughs> yeah. There are two problems mm. with people that are being shown bright with this letter from Mark and the Facebook messages we What's got that? after. And I see you guys on hold 252 WCMF. One, people think they're owed explanations when they're not.
2: Right. Okay. None not your damn business.
3: In some of these Facebook messages we got about this uh, wrestler from RIT missing mm. for a month and then being found again, people want to talk about his mental state and why he did what he did. And frankly, like I said, that's none of our business. Mm. Just because we follow the story for a month doesn't mean we're guaranteed an ending and all the details. This, this ain't a movie. No, right? The kid doesn't know anybody, anything. Mm-hmm. Problem number two: just because you did a good thing doesn't mean you owed anything. So there's this guy, Randy, who wrote us on
2: Facebook. What say?
3: I would like to read you a quote from Randy's Facebook message. Quote, I shared the post that he was missing three times a week, and my sister went and helped look for him where she lived in the North Country. It's time she wasted, and I wasted, and he just gets to go home?
2: Nobody asked you to do a goddamn thing, bro. And Thank I you. would
4: think if you're somebody that you know was really invested and cared enough to volunteer your time and go out of your way to do those things... You'd just be happy that the person was found. That's the goal. Right? I didn't get to, is to find, find him the sucks. person.
2: That's just it. would not even worth my time. No,
4: you're right. Like you're, you're thankful that, you know, everything worked out okay. Mm-hmm. Randy also wanted this
3: kid punished, right? Like you're not happy he's safe. You're demanding he's punished. Was your sister <laughs> just hoping she would find a body? Right. Is that what your problem is? I didn't get to you find didn't get the a credit. Body? <laughs> Like, it's the strangest phenomenon, oh, no. man, and it happens all the time around here. Mm. We care for people until we see something we don't like, yeah, and then we kill them for it. Karen Klein, bullied bus driver. You remember her? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Back yeah. in Greece. Everyone loved that woman. They felt terrible for her.
2: She, yeah, she got picked on by the kids.
3: Yeah, and then she started getting donations that she did not ask for, and it hit a million dollars, and everybody turned on her. Oh, <laughs> they did. And she had they nothing to, to do to with wanted to spend
4: that. it a certain way, yeah, but it's act many, a certain way. Not your
3: money. She didn't ask yeah. for it. It's hers yeah. now. She can do what she wants. The family of Brittany Drexel, the girl who went missing on yes. spring break all those years yeah. ago, that family was taken care of, and everybody felt for them, until some people didn't like how they handled themselves while looking for their kid while they're grieving down in the carol or wherever they were. Yeah. And they they turned on them yeah. publicly, yeah. openly saying things. So here's the moral of the story: with mm. this wrestling kid, with the bus driver, with the family of Brittany Drexel, with other stories we've right. seen. If something horrible happens to you, mm. enjoy the two weeks you get yes. before everyone decides you're the worst person. Don't go in the out world. for a drink. Why do we yeah. do this, Tommy?
2: Don't be seen at a drive thru or laughing. Why do we do this? Because everybody wants to get in everybody's business, man. When nobody can like just leave people alone.
4: Because everybody thinks, well, that's not how I would have Yes, done the it. self-righteous. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Okay. But, there are just people that just want to tell you how to live.
3: But it's so hypocritical because those same people would be like, well, you know, I do my thing and don't judge me for what I do. Well, what the
2: hell? I know.
3: All right, I'm going to read this uh, Instagram message, point blank, so whatever kind. Here we go. This is from Mitch. Mitch said, the kid's a huge dick for doing this. Anyone that hikes often knows if you don't go with someone, at least let someone know where you're going. What did he think was going to happen when you leave your phone and wallet behind for an extended period? Even if you're having a bad day, it's super selfish. Selfish, fine.
2: It's illegal to be selfish.
3: Yeah. Where's the law? I've been doing it for my entire life. (laughs) No, you should be locked up for it. (laughs) Where's the law? What does he owe?
2: Nobody. He doesn't even owe his parents anything, technically.
3: I mean, I'm with you, but there's really? debate
2: to be. Right I know, but, but there's not legally. You can tell your parents, screw you, man. I took some time to myself.
3: 252-WCMF, two five two nine two six three. Mark writes us a letter talking about the story of the wrestler from RIT. Went missing for about a month. Mm. He was found fine in Pennsylvania. Mark and a bunch of people who wrote us on Facebook after we talked about it. Once this kid held responsible, punished, have to pay for all the money that went to finding the kid. Let's talk to Jimmy. Hey, Jimmy, what's up, buddy?
5: Listen, I, I'm going to tell you something. When I was a kid growing up, I remember being told, you bring your wallet with you, even if it's just your library card. We'd go on long bike rides. If something happens and a cap comes and you get in an accident, they need to know who you are. This isn't about, no, I don't think anybody should be punished, but you know something? I, I'm 61 years old. I was raised with values. I don't, know how, I don't know how old you guys are, but I was raised with values where, you know, you take some responsibility. My God, you, you leave your wallet and phone at home and you go to another city, and you know, I, I understand how these people feel. I mean, then you got to spend taxpayers' money to to go look for him. I'm watching it on the news. Yeah, I was happy he was found and he was okay. But you're thinking to yourself, oh, really? Okay, you know, you don't. All right, pick...
3: Jimmy, 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 Jimmy. I'll ask you one question. What law yeah. did he break?
5: I oh, I I didn't say he broke laws. It's a matter law of Jimmy. listen. You you. You guys know that the law is one way in reality and your values and the way you're raised is totally different. What the law says is one thing. You you would think you'd raise your kid to bring the Wallace so if he gets hurt, they know who he is. No, but Jimmy, That's, Jimmy, here's I mean, the thing.
3: You want to talk about values. Your values are different than my values are different than Tommy's values are different than Kimmy's values. You start pushing your own values on other people, that becomes a problem.
5: No, I, and I, I'm not saying that kids should get in trouble. But we live in this me world, me society where, oh, I'll do what I want. It's legal. I mean, I, I really do feel for everybody that went out and looked for this kid. and Nobody oh, asked him.
2: And they found him. And, they found, and he. And he and by the way, re, great job looking for him because the kid just walked out of the woods by himself. <laughs> he, and he went to the cops and said, hey, here I am because I called well, my mom.
3: Nobody had any idea he <laughs> was in Pennsylvania. But nobody's but but
2: like. No, if you, you want to go search, go search. But nobody well, asked no. you.
5: Yeah, but let's... Hey, hey, you know who used to
2: travel with no papers? Everybody that went west when (laughs) when this country was formed. And those guys claimed to have all kind of values. Where they didn't get to San Francisco. To? Okay, what's your license, man? What's your values? Are, are you sure though? They didn't have any kind of paper. What, what? What would it be, man? I don't know. A stone
5: with your with your initials on it. <laughs> in show, a me yeah. show me your
2: stone.
3: Show me your stone right now. Freeze.
2: Never ask a cowboy to show I, you a was, stone. Listen,
5: so. listen. I was watching Inside Edition one day, and they did a segment how these mountain climbers got hurt, and it took them so much money to go and get a helicopter to go get them out. And they went after these people. They they're starting to go after people when they get do something stupid and it costs us money. I mean. Times are changing where this does cost a lot of money to go look for people. It it drains the resources. Instead of the the guy ripping off your car getting caught, the cops have to go look for somebody who forgot to bring his wallet with him. You know, it makes you you wonder. I hear
3: you. It makes you wonder, Jimmy. Thank you for the call, buddy. Have a good rest of the (laughs) day.
2: These young hippies with their no wallets burning their draft cards. I don't get the anger. I don't either, man. I don't get the morals of having my wallet. (laughs) 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 Who's your morality?
3: WCMF. Let's take one more call, because folks have been waiting, right. and I apologize. Uh, Pete's got the last word. Hey, Petey, what's up, buddy?
6: Hey, so like a month, month and a half ago, uh, I'm getting ready in the morning, and my wife all of a sudden starts screaming, there's someone in our house. And I'm like, what the hell's going and on? And like, no, it's me. So I,
7: <laughs> sorry, go ahead.
3: So
6: I get, I get out, and I go downstairs, and there's a <laughs> random guy in our basement, and he's got to be mid-70s, early 80s, and he was missing from Pennsylvania. What? When? He's in your house? <laughs> he was. He wa- So, like, back in the fall when it was warm, when I took the kids out, I just left the garage door open because usually I was leaving, like,
2: 15, yeah. 20 minutes
6: later. So uh, the guy just walked in my garage, walked down to the basement, walked up my stairs, and was trying, you know, he he was just trying to get gas. He ran out of gas and parked in our driveway and wanted help to get gas.
3: Was he, like, confused or uh, was he all I there? So.
6: Oh, yeah. The the long story short was his wife didn't know that he was gone. Oh, his so Doreen
2: lived. and Weez were in your house.
6: <laughs> <laughs> no, but his, his son had to come from the Bronx to pick him up. Holy cow. Wow. Holy cow. That's cows. a long
3: walk
2: from the Bronx.
6: Well, Pete, I mean, thank Hope God. he brought
3: you, his
2: wallet.
6: Thank God you guys were
3: cool. <laughs> Pete, how long was he in your house before like his son got there?
6: Um, no, the, what ended up happening was me and the sheriff, we ended up bringing him to a hotel in Brockport, dropped his car off, sheriff brought me back home, and I think it was the next day we went to um, Brockport and the car was still there, so I, had, I don't know how long he was there before it got God,
2: there. what a story.
6: Ooh. Well, Pete, I'm glad yeah, it all worked out for you, yeah. man. Jeez. It was just the most random, bizarre thing that could possibly happen that just shows up in your house.
3: Well, yeah, no, you're not kidding. Mm. It doesn't get crazier than that. Well, let's hope it doesn't get crazier than that. Pete, thanks for the call, buddy. Have a good rest of the day. (laughs) All right, take care.
0: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget.
1: Thanks to Republic Records, this is a national contest.
3: Rochester loves any connection to celebrity. Oh, sure. We'll claim folks that spent literal seconds Mm -hmm. in Rochester before they became famous, John Lithgow. But what about folks who did their work and then settled in Rochester after?
2: So they're here?
3: Yes. Wow. You may not know this man's name, Mm. but the work he did in the 80s set the stage for some of the most popular music over the next 20 years. So
2: he's like an inventor. He is. Okay, trendset- don't be
3: a dick already. You don't even know what I'm going to tell you. A,
2: a trendsetter. A pioneer. Right. He's a
3: trendsetter? Is that next to Rentis trendset- Center? <laughs>
2: yes. Is he a pioneer?
3: Yes, no. we have to be. No, there is no argument this man's a pioneer. Oh. You're hanging out in the break room, Rochester's Classic Rock, 96.5, WCMF. will jump right into I it. I can't wait
2: to hear about this fabulous man.
3: Tommy, have you ever heard of Dan Leichler?
2: Nope.
3: Like- Liker. Liker? Liker. 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 He lives in Gates. Mm -hmm. He's in his late 60s. And he's a metal legend. Metal music, rock
2: music. Really? Yes.
3: Dan, along with guitarist Scott Ian, founded the band Anthrax. He's one of the founding fathers of heavy metal music. No kidding. And he spent the next 40 years of his life living that lifestyle. So he was on the road. Yep, he traveled the world so touring, to be rich. making music. He played in metal bands like Nuclear Assault, S.O.D., Brutal Truth. He's made a living making music. Well, I think
2: Anthrax would have been the big one.
3: Well, I mean, that's the one that everyone's heard of. Right. Right? But he's been in this metal game forever, and old heads in the metal game hold this gentleman in high regard.
2: So his house has got to be like a shrine. He lives in Gates. But I'm saying, like, the people must go to his house.
3: Uh, Well, that's just it. <clears throat> now he's just a regular
2: guy living here in town. But they know of okay. him. I think these people want to seek him out.
3: So uh, <clears throat> last week, Spectrum News caught up with Dan, and they did a profile on him. Mm-hmm. So it turns out, Tommy, he's lived in Rochester over the last 20 years huh? with his wife. But he's not from here. No, he's not. He's so from.
2: He, so she's from here, probably. New York
3: City. I don't know. Right. They don't get yeah. into that. But he met her at a metal festival. Mm-hmm. And he says after... F- monsters of metal. <laughs> that's probably
2: what it was. Yeah. <laughs>
3: He says after 40 years on the road, he decided to get off, live a normal life. And
2: so he's got to be huge in Europe, because I know they used Europe to have those big metal in Europe. Because they used to have like in Germany, they would have these like five day, six day festivals at these stadiums of of this music. So he must be a god over there.
3: I, I don't know. Uh, look, I'll be honest with you, because I am I mean, when it comes to metal, it's not my most. Uh, no, but yeah,
2: I, everybody knew somebody that was into it, especially if you're my age.
3: Like uh, for folks that listen to this kind of music. Is Dan Liker, Leigler, is he someone that you would see and go, oh my God.
2: Is he a metal god?
3: I mean, you know, you co-found cool. Anthrax. So he's got to be rich. I don't know, because right now he works at a precision optics company five minutes from his house in Gates. Wow. It's just a job. Oh, by the way, he got that job because some fans recognized him at a bar and they started talking about what they did. And he was like, oh, that sounds like fun. And he just started working
2: there. So he could be, all oh, all right.
3: I mean, look, he, after 40 years on the road, he doesn't want to travel anymore. Mm-hmm. He works at this precision optics company. He says he's super happy, enjoys the work that he does, and he just likes to sleep in it, his own bed. I wonder Quiet. what he
2: looks like. Like, does years in a row do a metal? did they make him withered, or did he just look like a regular guy? He
3: looks like exactly what you think he looks like as a guy who pre- performed in a metal band. So he looks rough. Well, I mean, and what 60-year-old, 57-year-old doesn't? No, but he's
2: seen... Bro, if he's been in metal back in the day with no rules, this brother has <laughs> <No> seen... <laughs> Some things. Does he still? You have- You know what I mean when I say some things.
4: Does he still have like the look? Yeah. Like he, looks yeah, like he, that. he talks that looks like that. Looks like they worked, you know, as a musician at some. Oh, he talks like
2: that
3: too. He looks like a guy that was in metal bands.
2: For okay. 40 years. All right, so he looks like an old partier. Uh, yeah. But he's got to have some great stories.
3: Well, bro, yeah, you toured the world yeah. for 40 years playing metal. You co found Anthrax. Big You're in, in that, old- yeah, yeah, world. So it's a very interesting story. It's a guy that got to live the rock and roll dream. He played mm-hmm. on legendary albums, not only with Anthrax but other bands. Right. He's been in one of the most famous metal bands of all time. So he's Metal Lou. Yeah, but now he's just a regular guy. Like even Lou's still like I mean Lou.
2: But you wouldn't. But if you didn't. know Lou Graham, and you were just saw that guy walking by. He just looks like a regular older cat. So to your point,
3: the reality is mm. there are people like Dan all over the greater Rochester area. Right, don't say
2: all over. No, it's true. And you bring Rock up, gods walking around. Look,
3: Lou Graham is the most famous. Cause oh, yeah, he was a front man. T- and as you bring up, there are two generations of Rochesterians who mm-hmm. have no idea what Lou did and the impact yeah. that he had. Right. Folks under 40 walking by him while he's shopping at Wegmans would just see a guy buying Honeycrisps. Mm-hmm. And you know he likes Honey Crisps Oh, sure. Right? But that man was arguably the voice of rock and roll in the 80s. He,
2: he, he- had the greatest voice of. Rock, really, he
3: brought down the house at MSG. He had a massive solo record, mm-hmm. and now he just gets to be a guy, right? And like you say, you know, there aren't a ton of them. You start going down the list. Steve Gadd played drums with everybody, Is on super influential albums. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: Albums. He, he's in a ton of my jazz albums. You wouldn't know, right?
3: If you walk, saw that guy walking out of Salinger's, right. everyone in the Man Joan family,
2: yeah, right? Chuck, well, Chuck's the main one, Gap, yeah. The old man.
3: Right, yeah. I mean, my mother lived kitty-corner to them. Their backyard backed up to my mom's backyard when she was growing up, and she said that they were there would be world-famous musicians oh, yeah. in the backyard just hanging out all the time. Right. Right? And then you have folks that worked on albums, at recording studios here in Rochester from artists. And
2: here's where we start to sing.
3: Well, no, but, I mean, artists from Metallica to James Taylor and everything in between came and recorded influential well, albums Well, yeah,
2: well, here. you had a uh, – Dejalon Studios was here when I first moved here. So that was a big studio here, like, uh, yeah, back in the day.
3: I mean, and it's every genre. I got to hang out with Talib Kweli when I was just out of high school because he was, don't start.
2: Talib Kweli?
3: As we talk about I am sitting in a genres.
2: room where a guy that broke bread with Talib, Khalib.
3: You love Most F, and he was in Black Star. With I do him, like So Most shut F. up. You, you know who it is, you dick. Don't be a dick. <laughs> the point I'm making is yeah. it's every genre, it's every type of music, it's everything. And by well, the way, this is a very
2: musical town. Don't forget with Eastman.
3: And that's just mm-hmm. it. We're talking about these people before we get to the faculty and alumni from Eastman that live here. They've won Grammys. Mm-hmm. They're regarded as some Low of the Grammy, yeah. best in their instrument or in their genre or in their field. Mm-hmm. It is insane for a city of our size yeah. to have this many geniuses walking around and nobody has any idea. Mm hmm. Think about it. I know. No, you're a dick.
2: And still, we just go out and listen to the sky coasters.
3: <laughs> the sky, sky coasters. coasters. <laughs> really? Did they take over for the sky coasters? <laughs> hey, wanna go see Nick and a Noose Noose? <laughs> <laughs> Shut up! You're such a dick.
2: I'm not a dick. No, you have I mean, you started here. No, I mean. You here, you, no, uh, I mean uh,
4: what is it?
2: Bobby Banjos from here.
4: It's also. I mean, we're also in a place where you don't expect to see. No. A lot of. You know people who are involved in that level of, of celebrity I guess so well, it's not
2: Nashville where you know so even if you do see it.
4: somebody like you you wouldn't even I said it right <laughs> even if you do see somebody and you're familiar with that that person and that type of music you would think oh that person looks familiar but you're just not expecting to see that person walking around
2: but I'm surprised like a guy like that isn't inundated more with fans because of how fans are so there was a old bluesman that settled here for a while his name was Sun house okay mm-hmm. I never heard of this guy but when we used to By have the way, one
3: of my favorite restaurants to get in Lo Main
2: it might have been his joint but he was a bluesman right I never heard of this guy so we had some musicians coming in on the old show they they found out that he lived over in the Cornhill area mm-hmm. that area so they wanted to go over and get permission from the people at the house to get some dirt out of the yard from Sun House's house no I'm not kidding. making this up it's Derek Trucks. Of Tedeschi Trucks. Like, he worshipped this guy. So him and this other dude got a can of dirt from this guy's house. I go, this is is weirder than any religion I've ever heard of. So, like, to that point, I can't imagine this guy, if he's, like, the monsters of metal, he doesn't have people, like, writing him letters or wanting to meet his ass. All
3: right, we're talking about Dan... Girl, and I'm here. you're, you're going to be help, able to help me out here, because again, when it comes to my musical knowledge, metal is not one of my strengths, but he's one of the co-founders of the band Anthrax with Scott Ian. He spent 40 years of his life touring the world, playing at a bunch of different metal bands. His liver's got to
2: be shot.
3: S.O.D. Brutal Truth. He's lived in Rochester for the last two decades. Mm-hmm. He works at a precision optics company. He's just a guy. He's in his 50s mm-hmm. now. And the influence this guy had on the music industry and the music that we play here on this station is, I mean, it's hard to quantify and he's just a guy. You're going to walk past him in gates at some point. If you live out that way, you're going to have no idea. Mm -hmm. Uh, Let's talk to Jeremy. He's going to be able to help us out. Hey, Jeremy, what's up, buddy?
7: So I want to sing the praises of Dan. Uh, When I went to shows all the time in the late nineties, early two thousands, Dan was always there just as a spectator, just as a guy watching bands. You knew who he was. You knew the influence he had on metal in those days. And his head was never big, like, do you know who I am? It's kind of hard because he's like six six, and he stands above everyone. So, you know, he could be a do-you-know-who-I-am guy. The freaks he's of metal. The nicest dude. <laughs> he's the nicest dude. Um, and, you know, and his influence on that music, again, it's not for everyone. But it, it, is, it is pretty solid. Uh, and uh, I was flying somewhere one time. He was in the airport. We recognize each other, talk for a couple of minutes. He's like, Yeah, I'm on my way to Europe. He's just he's just a good dude. He's he's a really nice guy. So
3: to Tommy's point earlier, is he's one of these guys that you know deep metal heads would see and immediately be like, Oh my god.
7: I, I yes. Once you see him,
2: you're like, Oh is he? are they bigger in Europe than they are here? I don't know. I don't live in Europe, stupid. <laughs> oh, all of a sudden you don't have any information about <laughs> Europe. <laughs> Why no, because Europe? like the Chesterfield Kings here, if they did a bar gig, sure, you yeah. would draw 200 people. They drew four or 5,000 people in Berlin. It is
3: nuts, but that's another example. That's what I'm
2: saying. Is he bigger in Europe? Yeah,
3: I don't know, man.
2: What do you... Do you? Oh, think... no, but Jeremy knows him so well. He knows well, his height and weight. It's so
3: funny when people with talent, we talk about them on the show, because you have no talent, you <laughs> get so unreasonably angry at all of them.
7: Do you think there's a click of people in Jupiter, Florida that talk, it's like, Oh, you know what Mule's doing? He used to live here, and then everyone tells like, who? What? <laughs> what are you talking about? Listen, one last thing before you let me go.
2: Yeah, what else are you doing, Uh,
7: uh Settle down. Uh, Mule's thing uh, a few Fridays ago was spectacular. You guys did a really great job. Oh, there was this guy standing next to me who apparently had your phone number, Pat, Okay, and was showing it to everyone. He was blackout drunk. Okay. Saying I used to work with this guy, me and this guy, da da da, and he was trying to send you messages in the middle of the show. <laughs> it was, it was so sad. I mean, I love you, Pat, but this guy was like, yeah, Pat, and I and this producer was do the. I mean, the guy he came with. He got so progressively drunk that the guy he came with just left this guy alone because he was annoying everyone. All that done, might have man. been our own general manager. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. It was the worst. I hope he hit a tree on the way home. It would have Freeze been in. the best. Oh, that was everyone.
3: fun up until the yeah, end, Jeremy. He Always great Jeremy. to talk to you, buddy. Have a good Happy rest. Happy New Year, Dicks. Bye. There goes Jeremy. <laughs> that took a turn. So going back to the story yeah. here with this guy who found, found it founded Mm. Anthrax with Scott Ian, just living in Rochester as a normal guy. And we talked about all these legends. You know, Lou Graham, you wouldn't know if you weren't a foreigner fan. Steve Gadd, the Man Jones family. You brought up the Chesterfield Kings. Who, Mm -hmm. I mean, look, unless you're a deep music fan, like you said, the Chesterfield Kings make a living making music touring. Yes. Right? And you're right. They would play a bar gig here, and a couple hundred people would show Mm -hmm. up. And you would have no idea, despite other than the fact that they're wearing the world's tightest pants walking around everywhere. They did. They don't have to be that tight, guys. You can wear looser pants and still play <laughs> Always rock and roll. Always be
2: selling, baby. Always be selling.
3: <laughs> like, why do you get upset? Because you're like legitimately upset no, not that not. these people
2: exist. No, it's fine. And like just... I just think every town's got somebody.
3: No, but we have a lot of somebody.
2: I think a lot of towns have somebodies. Who? I don't know. If you went to Flint, Michigan or Peoria, there's probably guys there that had a had a ride, had a had a pulled a move. Had a you know a shot at it. Okay, you know what I mean. I think every town has that.
3: I think the musical influence in this town not only it's from, big, not only from Eastman, but from mm-hmm. the guys that made it out, mm-hmm. came back, and spread what they had mm. is bigger than other places.
2: I
4: think it's about for the, same. the size of the city. You're saying,
3: yeah, well, okay. You think it's about the same because again, like you can't let other people have talent.
4: Well, no, you can. Well, have I, I do. Think, no, no, no. no. You two
2: I don't think we have an exclusive
3: land <laughs> of guess...
2: low end musicians. Low end like after you go Lou I didn't even heard of this guy. Yeah, I know,
3: that's why I'm telling you about him.
2: And he's 66 six, and I never heard of him. You were saying Kimmy?
4: I was going to say, I mean, I guess um not to Tommy's point, but just to, you know, say cuz you're saying like it could be the same as other cities. It is weird though how it seems like at one point it was it was really big to the point where we had a we had recording studios yeah, we, that we were did, talking yeah. about like I that kind of trailed off. No, I mean, st- st- do we still have yeah, that? Still I don't know do. if
2: D'Angelo still there.
4: Well, we still have those like, studios. But, but like big names, yeah, I guess. I, I don't, don't know. know who's I, I don't, in, I'm not familiar.
3: Look, I know when I was in high school, there were still names coming in and out of mm. town because I had buddies that worked over right. there. And, you know, Metallica, what they record? Kill them all here. Mm. Mm-hmm. Like I said, James Taylor's been here a couple of times. You have folks that make m- instruments for some of the biggest musicians on the planet. Yeah. Right yeah. here, you never know. I yeah, mean, the
2: House of Guitars was a big influence. Thank you. Very unique. And they haven't changed that ad in 35 years. <laughs> Why would you have <laughs> that to? That gorilla's yeah. got to be dead.
3: Shut up. Shut up. I mean, something as simple as the record archive and the Mm -hmm. folks that they draw.
5: Yeah.
3: And then you have someone like, even now, like Danielle Ponder. If you're into like R&B and soul music, she's blown up. She was working as a lawyer here in Rochester. Danielle Ponder? Danielle Ponder. You would love her. Is she
2: country? No.
4: No.
3: I just said R&B and soul music. But to
4: your point, there are actually a few country I don't know their names. I'm not big in country, but I think that there are a few uh, people from Rochester that are kind of on their way up in country. Chesty
2: Jackson, I hear she's blowing up. Chesty Jackson. More ways than (laughs) once.
3: Ribs, of course. Ribs are good, obviously. Look, man, like just park your the fact the the chip on your shoulder. They no
2: chip that you have no talent. You're chipperoo. What does that even mean? You're 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 chipsy chip. (laughs) Chipsy chip. I'm opening up for Busty
3: Jackson. (laughs) New year, new me.
2: Let's do it. Come
3: on, buddy. Three days in, folks listening are crushing it with their New Year's <laughs> resolutions. I don't know why you're laughing. It's you not- know
2: people are bailing already, Badass. badasses. Okay, whether it' bad asses. Bad asses. Bad ass. Excuse me. Bad ass bail ass. But it seems
3: that less people than normal have decided that this year was going to be the year they were going to change something.
2: So they're just bailing on the resolution before they start.
3: You're hanging out in the break room. <laughs> Classic Rock, 96.5, WCMF. So this year... According to new research, mm. only one in three Americans made a New Year's resolution.
2: <laughs> so we're just giving up.
3: But you, but every time, if I were to say eight in ten Americans made a resolution, you'd be like, oh, you're all going to fail.
2: But we're not even, like, trying to fail. Like, like, at least make an effort to fail.
3: No, but you think people who make resolutions are stupid. Yes. So but they stopped you tr- and you no, called them you're lazy. Tr-
2: but you're trying. Okay. We're not even trying. <laughs>
3: So, Kimmy, I see this statistic, and I'm thinking that the one in three people that made a resolution all have to be younger people because
4: yeah yeah probably the, that's when you're more likely to make a change in your life i would think i
3: don't even think it's that i think it's right. at that age like if you're under the age of like 30 35 years old you still believe you have the ability to change something you yeah, don't hope. like about yourself yeah. hope that's well, what i'm looking for
4: i also think when you're a younger person you see those changes happen faster especially okay. if it's a fitness goal okay but that's just um,
3: one of men yeah right? sure tommy tell me if i'm wrong here the older you get, mm. the less likely you are to make a New Year's resolution yeah. because you know what your limits are.
2: Yeah. Right. Is that fair? Yeah. I mean, the things I have to change cause I have to change things out of my life now out of necessity, not because I'm thinking it's a goal. Okay. Like the Dodger's gonna so go tell you, don't do that. Gotcha. Because you ain't gonna be around much longer. Okay. Do that.
3: All right. So when's the last time? Have you ever made a New Year's resolution?
2: Gotta stay away from Mr. Salt. Have you salty enemy? Have you ever made a New Year's resolution? Well, when I lost weight, but it wasn't like a New Year's when I when I dropped the pound. Okay, but that was years ago. That's it. Oh, you've been uh, you've been working out. You losing weight? Oh yes, I was a demon back in the day.
3: Yeah, no, we saw uh, at your event yeah. the pictures a of a you flexing with yeah. no shirt on. <laughs> <laughs>
4: a Weird Ugh. amount of shirtless pictures we had to go through from 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 the south. No, they, they were they were all no, from no, up here. Yeah.
3: They were all I Rochester shirtless pictures. Southern roots. Kimmy, when's the last time you made a New Year's resolution? <laughs> I think, I,
4: <laughs> I think at some point i i will kind of make one in my head but then i it never it, it doesn't even make it day one before i'm like i don't, know, I, don't I don't want to do that anymore like
2: your old man's like mr fitness
4: okay when you Are say he, old man you mean my dad or my both. husband oh yeah but he's always Very been similar. like that you got
2: two dream boats in your life you do <laughs> two
3: sexy pieces of beef
2: you got daddy beef and hubby beef That's a box of Omaha.
3: Speaking of, when are we getting our sexy fireman's calendars?
4: Oh, I got one for you guys. You want it? Yeah, I want it. I'm putting it over my shoulder oh, okay. so I can see it in. on camera
3: mm-hmm. on the yeah, live well,
2: stream.
4: Yeah, will put it up. Yeah. <laughs> well, we're going to each have her
3: shirtless husband Dueling, over his shoulders?
2: Dueling bare-chested man calendar.
3: So along with this uh, information that one in three, only one in three people in America made New Year's resolutions this year, of the people that made those resolutions, yeah. only about 35% are confident they could keep them going.
2: But when, mm. when you say keep them going, is it like – because you used to say, was it like 90 days to make a change? Do you even make a – do you count – if you don't make 90 days that you still succeeded, well, if you I, only got to 60, I guess it depends,
3: depends on, on what your resolution is, yeah. is right. right? Like, I mean, if it's most still,
2: of it's got to be tonnage, oh, your weight.
3: I mean, weight I, is a common one. There's quitting smoking, there's pulling back booze, drinking, yeah. right? Well, like,
4: I know a lot of people that will feel more inspired to make like a career change the oh. first of the year. Like, they'll start looking for something new. Or, right. You know, it'll be more of something like career wise, like you, you come off maybe a little time off and you realize, I don't want to go back to doing what I was doing.
3: Yeah. I mean, that's a great point. And I mean, right. I, I think we often get stuck on the weight thing too much when it comes to resolution. I mean, it could be something as simple as uh, res- resolving to spend more time with your kids. Right. Or, you know, calling your mom and dad or spending time mm-hmm. with them more on a regular basis. If they're to still listen
2: around. more, be more patient. Well,
3: I mean, but that's that's a good Personal, resolution. Personal a
2: fantastic one.
3: So to your point, like if, mm-hmm. uh, if being patient with other people yeah. is one of your resolutions, I mean, you're allowed to slip up every once in a while and still make progress. That's true. And that goes that's for true. everything, right? Yeah. Like you quit smoking and you have a cigarette mm-hmm. three weeks. In, but you're making progress, that's right. good. Same with losing weight if you fall off the wagon a little bit.
2: You're moving forward.
4: Exactly. Man. That's well, all it's about. You've right? made an improvement. Exactly. Yeah.
2: <laughs> you're such a dick. I just think we all go back to being ourselves. Our true core self.
3: Except for you, mister. I kept the weight off all these years.
2: You're yeah, not miserable. You're yeah. miserable. is it no fun?
3: I like myself more now than I did when I, I was don't pre- like
2: you. I never liked you. I, bet, I, bet, uh, you're, I've, I like fat Pat. Everybody yeah, I, loves I, Fat Pat.
4: You like you more, but what do other people? I mean, like, what Ooh. are the people that spend time with you on a daily basis think?
3: I don't think anybody has the balls other than this dick to look at me <laughs> and be like, you were when you were fat.
2: But you remember, like, going to the like, holidays right now, right? Yeah. You go to these all this fabulous food. Yeah. Oh, I'll try this. This is a really good celery. What's your recipe?
3: No, it sucks. Yeah, it sucks. Okay, it sucks. Yes, it sucks.
2: Yeah, so you're not having fun. Okay, but it's. I also didn't... Cheese have... balls are fun.
3: I also didn't have fun when I was getting naked, caught myself in the mirror.
2: Right, like that wasn't an fun. an exchange that happened. Well, you were at the mall.
3: Two five two WCMF. One and only one in three Americans this year made New Year's resolutions. Of the people that made them, only about thirty-five percent say they're confident they can keep them going. Which, by the way, if only thirty-five percent are confident they can keep them going, that means sixty-five percent have already failed in their right. resolutions. And those right?
2: thirty-five are also going to bail. Or are going to fail. What's the failure rate? So let's say of all your New Year resolutioners out there, who do you think pulls it off long term? What's the percentage?
3: There are people who I do. Have, I have the stats right here. What
2: is it? Less than 4%. No,
3: that's... I think you're not giving people enough credit. Really. <laughs> look at people. What do you mean look at... Look at you! What are you talking Like, there are people listening that have made New Year's resolutions, stuck with them, and it's now part of their
4: lifestyle. All right, all right. And I think that's Ooh. part of the, the you know rate of success is making it a part of your lifestyle not just a temporary thing that you're trying out you almost have to incorporate it into your daily life and that's the hardest part
3: and going further down the road of like you making fun of people like you're not even trying to fail anymore (laughs) along with the older you get you're not going to make a resolution because you know your limits Mm -hmm. i also think the older you get the more you realize you don't need the first of the year to make a change which is the funniest part about new year's resolutions it's just an arbitrary day.
2: It is. Mm-hmm. It is.
3: That could be any day. It could right. be tomorrow. It could be but March thirteenth. But it feels 13th.
4: like you're hitting the reset button, just in, on life in general. Right, it's, just, it's just a feeling that you have, yeah. where maybe you're just you're just feeling more inspired to start now. Okay, but even though you know you can start at any time. But the cruel little secret of life, every day is the reset
2: button. Yeah, it yeah. is.
3: When it you is. wake up, you don't know what's going to happen.
4: Because every- it's like it's like when they say, "Man, well, I hope
2: 2024 is going to be a better year." It's going to be the same, man. Well, you you get the same amount of disasters well, no, some and year's murders not so great. <laughs> and everything else. But, but but every year people go, I think this is going to be a better year. To who? Because peop- some people are going to be good. Some people going to be bad. But, but that's but just it. When life it come- rolls on, baby. What? <laughs> Nothing.
3: Nothing. For
2: 2024, the first thing. Hey, Japan had an earthquake. Some people have a good year. Some people have a bad yeah. year. There are people that will have a good year. But to your point. I don't think it starts on 2024. Okay. Good times are happening right now.
3: Happy times yeah. are here again. Well, we got nowhere on that conversation. No, we got somewhere. We're right? Ugly and stupid. You're gonna fail. You're not trying, <laughs> you don't even try.
4: It you start anytime. You got a
2: four percent chance of being happy. Okay. <laughs> that
4: no.
0: Let's take a break.
2: Those are pretty good happy odds.
0: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue.